Hey Matt, I played this great game earlier. Really? Yeah, binary domain. Binary domain. Wow. Fantastic. That sounds like it might be the hottest new release out this week. Tom that attack. So Matt, big news this week is Grand Theft Auto V's come out. Have you played it, Tom? No. No, really? No. Wow. Well, actually, uh, today, we're doing the podcast a little bit earlier than we usually record it this week, and uh, I was thinking, hey, it'd be great if we got to have a go on Grand Theft Auto V before we recorded the podcast, then we could talk about it and so on and so forth. The Twitterverse, the Facebook streams, YouTube, every, it seems like everyone has done some kind of GTA parody this week. Uh, College Humours was very funny. He was saying how realistic that Grand Theft Auto V was and it involved them uh, going into the woods and accidentally shooting a deer and then having to raise the deer, the little doe, and like changing wheels on a car and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it seems to have been a total bombardment of Grand Theft Auto V related content this week. So we're not going to do that this week? No, we're not. <laughs> I wasn't planning on buying the game. Uh, to be honest, but it, I would have. I, I I was starting to think. Well, this is relevant to to what we do. We talk about games, and this is big news. Uh, so as I went to Blockbuster today in Denmark and saw it for five hundred and fifty kroner, says, "Well, I don't want to talk about it that much." Yeah, that uh, to you Brits, that's about sixty of our sterling yeah, pounds. Yeah, this is a special edition or anything. And about the, I don't know, it's about eighty dollars. Pushing 85, yeah. maybe. So I came back home and I played Binary Domain. Yeah. Uh, which I've had for a few weeks now and haven't touched, and it's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, which we start off with what we've been playing? I guess so. Um, yeah, my list of bought is very, very, very thin. Some might say it's almost a non list. So let's start with what we've been playing. Yeah, go on then. You, you, you go. I'll, I'll Me? We'll come to Binary Domain um, in a little while. To be honest, I will. I will lay my cards out on the table. It's been a very busy week. As you all know, I came back from Hong Kong last week. And as a result, this week, I'm going back to the UK. Hooray! I finally get my Dreamcast. I can finally play Blinkin' Shenmue. Mm -hmm. I have a day off next Friday in which I will be coming home. The, I'll be coming home on the Thursday. I will be sitting on my bum all of Friday and playing Shenmue. It's going to be good. Um, but yeah, so as a result of this and all the stuff I've needed to do in this week of crazy haziness before I go somewhere else, I hadn't really played anything. I'd faffed around on our Vitas, because now me and Tom both had Vitas in the same country, and we experimented with the Vitas version of Street Pass, which is a program called Nia. Nia? Yeah. Far, wherever you are, your PlayStation Vita can tell you if other people have got... Within 10 metres. Oh, 10 <laughs> no, kilometres. <laughs> 10 kilometres. Sorry. I just... I think it's somewhere around there. Like in, in, in the town we live in, which is called Vila, we were able to find out there were, there were 10 other people with beaters in the area. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty ace. Like, it allows you, you to chat to, to them. You were thing, weren't you? I did. Like, I had... The, how long have I had a Vita now? I've had it for a, 
an awful long while. I've had it since like April. I've had it since Persona 4 came out. Um, and I'd never bothered to try it because I was just like, ah, no one really around you is probably going to have a Vita. No one I engage with on a day-to-day basis is going to have one. And obviously, I, I'm already carrying my 3DS around with me for Street Passes. So I thought, well, I'm not going to get into another one of these things where I feel like I need to have a 3DS on me at all times and a Vita. That's just silly. It's not quite like that, really. No, it isn't. It's kind of cool, to be honest. There's something you can do and you can send uh, other people puzzles that you've made, which seem a little bit like Minesweeper. And you, yeah, they seem you that way. You the squares and sometimes you get some gold and sometimes you get a mine and if you get a mine then it's game over. Yeah. I, I'm yet to work out exactly what you do with this gold. I don't know. I think I've it's some things you can exchange for extra stuff in games if the game supports the function. Maybe. I got very excited, to be honest, because um, when Tom fired it up and then he saw that there was actually quite a few people, I think we were like, including me, I think we were up to eight, right? People in yeah. the local vicinity with it's, Vitas. It's reassuring that the Vita is doing all right. Well, really. it's like I'd more than I expected to see, you know? Like, think about how many 3DS streak passes we get, like... We get a couple. I think and about most people homework. People who haven't uh, set up their uh, oh, what do you call it? Global positioning on your uh, Vita. You yeah, know. What's that's that true. Called? What's that name of that? The global positioning. You know, so all so, location-based so services. Yeah, and all that the kind location-based stuff. Uh, stuff. You know, because I imagine there's plenty of people's Vitas who haven't even done that. I hadn't until the other day. Well, I hadn't fired up near until you did it. So. Mm. Maybe there are other people lurking yeah. around. Vita-related news. I've heard that the uh, Slim Vita doesn't have a OLCD screen. Really? It has an LCD screen. Okay. Yet uh, there was a comparison online, and really there's not much difference. Oh, okay. People, the colours look slightly different, and there were people getting very technical about it. But at the end of the day, there's actually not a lot in it. Oh, okay. I think it's obviously must be to keep costs down. Well, it must be, right? Uh, but their LCD I mean, seems pretty good. I guess they had to do this as well, because, I mean, like, I'd kind of sent you the link when I was in Hong Kong, just to, you know, for, like, a, ah, sorry, Tom, thing that they'd released a new Vita. But, like, I guess it must be to keep in strategy with what Nintendo's trying to do with the 2DS. I must, make I mean, the console a I guess bit more affordable. they have to make the console a little bit more affordable to compete. But like I said on the last podcast, like... It seems to be doing well in Japan. There's so many Japanese titles on the market. Like, there's so many things I wanted to buy. And was kind of like, oh, I wonder how English-friendly you'd be. But I spent enough money. Mm. Hence why I haven't really bought anything this week. And why I haven't been frivolous and bought GTA Five. But uh, we didn't really spend a lot of time to be with Nia, to be honest, did we? No, no. It's it, nice it, to know it's there. Yeah, it kind of held the attention for five minutes. There's no <laughs> replacement for Street Pass. You know, there's no Street Pass quest or anything like that. When you downloaded this treasure map thing, which was oh, the yeah, minesweeper yeah. thing Tom's just mentioned, I got very excited and I thought it was kind of like a, an ARG so you could actually place like treasure items in the real world map that and stuff. And I got very excited and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. But no, it's Maybe not. that will happen. Maybe. Maybe some company will decide, oh, let's create an app like that. Well, I guess there should be something, right? If you are going to flag up like, hey, there's someone with a, a, th- yeah. a Vita, like three meters the from your house, then it should so. do it. Yeah. But no, I we played that for all of five minutes. Um, then I did some quick playing of stuff that I've been meaning to play recently. And I have acquired a few other RPGs, as I usually do. But as I have Tales of Zillia, Radiant Historia, 
Persona 4 and Resonance of Fate on the go all at the same time, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm not going to start another RPG. Like, it it felt untrue just to kind of just potter into an RPG for it's half an hour and go, oh, it's all right. Stick on and have a quick go. On no, it, really. that's true. And I mean, how much could I? How much could I instill in you guys, the listener, of going? Yeah, I played some battle tutorials. Seemed okay. So instead of that, I'm keeping uh, this guy four. I'm uh, three. Sorry, I'm going to take that home with me as long as as well as Persona Four, mm. so I can play those on the plane and on the train and in the automobiles. And I instead put in a game I was purchased last Christmas that I haven't actually touched. Um, High Moon Studios Fall of Cybertron. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Kind of more of the same from War of Cybertron from what I've played. Doesn't look as pretty as I remember War of Cybertron looking. It kind of like some of the textures and stuff look a bit ropey. Also, it seems to have adopted this thing, and I can't really remember it being the case in War of Cybertron. I think because maybe because you start off as Decepticons and you're running amok and you're blowing things up and stuff. But in this one, there seems to be a very big focus on the kind of what I'm going to refer to as the, the Gears of War slash Halo Syndrome of you playing as Optimus Prime and everyone, all of the generic characters going, Wow! Optimus Prime! Wow! Prime's here! Hold the line for Prime! And I'm just like, yeah, I know I'm Optimus Prime. I'm playing a Transformers game. And I, I'm quite clearly Optimus Prime. You don't need to tell me every You're three reinforcing the fact seconds that I'm Optimus Prime. And I'm like seen as this hero figure. This is a game of Transformers, arguably one of the biggest toy franchises in the world. With possibly one of the biggest fan bases, I'm pretty aware that if I'm a big blue and red truck, I'm Optimus Prime. And, yeah, it also kind of, like, the first mission he plays Bumblebee, and he gets his voice chip broken. And I'm just like, oh, is this, is this a thing now because of these terrible Michael Bay movies that Bumblebee can't have a bloody voice in anything and needs to speak through a radio? Ah, he's a bit irksome, but... Oh Solid gameplay. I will. I will say that I will wholeheartedly go out of my way and say that these games are, as my three-year-old self imagined myself while playing with Transformers, just being able to seamlessly press the left stick in, and then you transform, and then you can fire and roll and stuff, and then transform back mm. again into a car. Really, really like yeah. the gameplay. They've kept it solid from War of Cybertron. Not really mucked around with it too much whereas they seem to have had with the the overall story and stuff there was a long section where i was walking through an autobot camp for example much in the style you walk through like towns in gears of war oh, and stuff camp and autobot. oh no um <laughs> you're walking through there and there's just like loads of injured autobots and they're like please prime let me fight with you and i'm just like i just want to blow stuff up i'm a transformer <laughs> But it to me like it wasn't quite giving you what you wanted to begin with. No, and War of Cybertron just threw me into the thick of it. It was just like, yeah, you're a Decepticon, it. kill some Autobots. And I was like, yes! But War of Cybertron kind of left me wanting a bit. 
uh, fall of Cybertron. <laughs> it's confusing with two games. War of Cybertron, fall of Cybertron. So would you, it, it, it is literally a fall from the... Uh, from original. the first one, yeah, but there's lots of good things in it. And I'm sure, you know, there's a lot more to discover and appreciate within the game. How, how long did you get to play it? I played it for all of 40 minutes. I did the first okay. two missions. And I, I know this is a fanboy peeve. But if you're going to get the voice of Optimus Prime, at least try and get the voice of some of the other Autobots and not just put generic American actor one, two, and three in the place of every voice actor. It's like Grimlock doesn't sound like Grimlock. Grimlock's like a big, gruff guy who doesn't take any nonsense, but then he starts saying, like, I'm not going to turn my tail and run. I'm going to fight them on the feet. And it's just like... Grimlock would just be like, Grimlock smash! Can you argue that they want to try and do something different with it, though? Or is that a bad thing to do in I, Transformers? I don't Oh, yeah, know. like the Michael Bay film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't mess with it. It's just, I don't know, like, uh, from what I remember of all the build-up and stuff to this, and even, like, uh, War of Cybertron, everything's true to G1, mm. and now they just kind of like, yeah, we can, we can make everyone. And so, like... Autobots like Perceptor and stuff are in it, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, well, if you're going to include an Autobot, then at least give him a purpose other than like, hey, it's Perceptor. Don't you like guys like Perceptor? Oh, by the game. I guess, Matt, what we want to know is, are you going to come back to it? I will. I'll complete it. I'm a big Transformers fan. Also, there are levels where you play as the Seekers. For those of you who aren't familiar with Transformers, the Seekers is the name that refers to Decepticons' jets, like Starscream, Thundercracker, and Skywarp, the main cool bad guys in my eyes, other than Soundwave. But I think you may even get to play Soundwave. You may even get to play Shockwave. I'm not too sure. You may get to play as some really cool characters, and that's kind of why I'm going to stick with it. Though I guess you can't play as Shockwave because he transforms into a gun. And I guess you can't play Soundwave because he transforms into a cassette player. So disregard everything I just said. You could play a rhythm-based game with uh, Soundwave. You could. Maybe there is a rhythm-based mini-game. That'd be nice. There isn't, though. Yeah, but no, it seemed okay. Um, And then the only other game I've played this week is a Vita slash PS3 title um, called... um, Stealth, A Clone in the Dark. Thank you very much. I knew it was stealth, but I couldn't remember the subtitle. Because I love the subtitle. Because Tom said something to me earlier. He's like, oh, so like Alone in the Dark. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, stealth, Alone in the Dark. And I was like, no, that's not the actual title. Ah! Um, essentially what it is, is a very clever um, stealth puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. And indie title as well. Also free on PlayStation Plus at the moment. So I thought, ah, why not? Yeah. Oh, it seemed pretty good. Um, I played the first world's worth of missions and just you playing as like a clone kind of thing. And it's kind of... Oh, I would never have guessed. No, I know. It's so hidden in the title. So no, muddied. Remember that game on Xbox Live Arcade? Cloning Clyde or... I remember the name. I never played it though. Yeah. Is it any good? good? Yeah. I thought so. I, yeah, I heard good fun. things. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, but yeah. you play as this thing... Uh, and it's kind of like Meat Boy-ish, but it's more self-puzzles. So it involves it's not you. fast, I imagine, like Meat Boy is. Ah, it's no, stealthy. but it's got that same, you know, like, pulled away third-person view kind of thing where you're flat on and you're almost like a little sprite kind of thing. Yeah. 
but you also die in horrendous ways if you get shot and by something or whatever. I like Meat Boy. Is it quick to kind of restart and try? Yeah, again? yeah, definitely it is. Yeah. But it's it doesn't do the Meat Boy thing of putting you back to the start of the level either. It just kind of puts you to a checkpoint, mm. which is kind of welcome to be honest. Because like, depends how big the level is. A few of the things took me a while to figure out even early on in the game. And then when I'd accidentally stepped off a ledge because I didn't realise something was a button and then get shot to death, I'm like, ah! But then I restarted back at the top of the thing. I was like, oh, great. You're not punishing me completely. Mm-hmm. But then I, I wonder if that may make it too easy later on. But huh, who knows? Seemed pretty solid, though. Like, I'm going to go back to it. It's one of those games that looks like you can just pick up and play a couple of levels while you're waiting for a bus. Like uh, something like Thomas is Alone. Oh, see, because I like playing Thomas's Lone One Go. Like, I yeah. did put it down, but, like, yeah, it's kind of got that same kind of casual feel to it, though. Even though, like I said, it's kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. But it's got the feeling, like I said, because there's no real story, at least none I've been exposed to since I've started playing it. It's just kind of like, yeah, pick up a level, play it, job done. Hmm. It's called Thomas Was Alone, wasn't it? It is called that Thomas is alone. Was Alone. Um, Thomas Is Alone was the name of our podcast that week, <laughs> that I think. Week. Yeah. Uh, going back to that game, I played it again the other day. Now I have a Vita. I'm able to play it on that. Um, I was showing our friend Jonathan yeah. on the bus the other day, and he was rather enjoying it. Uh, this is a damned good game. Started it from the start again. I should have just, in hindsight, just copied the save game over, but uh, it's such a fantastic game so clever so simple and fresh and yeah we'll applaud that game once more on yeah. combat attack if you haven't already tried thomas was alone which i'm sure most of you have uh, to be honest with you it, it honestly it is worth the purchase price uh those of you who are lucky to have downloaded it on playstation plus a couple of months ago when it was free then i heartily recommend you to play it if you haven't already but it it's a very good game um i to be honest, like I was just looking through the beta titles now and looking for something to buy, maybe to play on the plane, and then I downloaded uh, Jack and Daxter Trilogy instead, but, so I'll give that a go. But I was looking for something, and I was looking at the indie titles, and I was like, oh, well, these look kind of nice. Mm. I was just like, I want something like Thomas is Alone. Like, I want something that heartfelt and meaningful, and I was hoping Brothers would be on there, but it isn't, unfortunately. That's a big console game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and you need two sticks. A lot of patience, so I'd you imagine. Have two sticks no, I know, but I'd imagine on a, a Vita it would be a bit impractical, mm-hmm. maybe. Okay. But who knows? I haven't played it on the console, so I can't really judge. Neither have I. Oh, we really need to get that game. What I have played, though, is Binary Domain. Oh. Okay, for those who haven't uh, picked up this title and they're into third person action games, I thoroughly recommend it. It's very polished. Uh, it had a good sign from the off uh, was the installing screen on the PS3 was actually interactive. And rather than just give you a blank screen where it slowly yeah. sort of the bar fill up, um, you had uh, you're holding a little uh, tablet-like console, first person, and even your you could move your um, six-axis controller okay. and tilt the console around. Yeah, you had stuff to look at by pressing triangle and different menus, and you saw and some really funky music playing. That's and then you right. get into it, the design, the graphic design, and the menus, and all the graphics in the game, it's, it's all very well done. The graphics themselves are really polished. Yeah. Really nice. And the gameplay is just really smooth and straightforward, and all the shooting and cover mechanics are so well implemented, and everything moves so smoothly. 
So uh, I don't know a lot about this. Like, in my head, it's kind of like Bionic Commando. Not like, at all. But no. this is what I think. Is it more like a third-person action game, then? It's a squad-based third-person action game. So, so you start off with you and your partner. Yeah. And you, the really unique selling point of the game is you can issue commands to your partner using a headset. Yeah. So it gives you a list of words you can say. And your, the other character will talk to you and ask you questions just in conversation along the way. Yeah. And this actually really builds up the relationship between the two characters with some really well-written dialogue, actually. Okay. They're quite believable. And because they look so good, the renderings and their face and stuff, very expressive. The motion capture looks very nice and everything. Um, you, get, you do get involved with it. The game, the gameplay itself is quite simple and straightforward, what it has been so yeah. far. The enemies are quite cool. They're all robots, and you can shoot them apart, and bits fly no, off as you shoot cool. them, and shoot the legs like in something like Dead Space. So I'm down. If you shoot the legs off, they'll start crawling on the floor, so you can shoot them easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got the usual kind of weapons. You know, you go for a sniper rifle, or assault rifle, or pistol, shotgun. grenades. No shotgun. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, but they're all very uh, enjoyable to let off a few rounds with, and weapons are cool. Uh, there's some nice big set pieces of big robots who you, you destroy in some quite creative ways using uh, these cranes to move um, big metal containers to smash into the... The, the robots. Okay. Uh, it's all very big, very well made. I really like it. Uh, Sounds pretty ace. Yeah, and there's a good bunch of characters as well. Um, there's a couple of British uh, characters as well, and, and, and a Chinese character and American characters. Uh, so there's, there's, there's lots of different personalities within the group, and they kind of fight with each other. Um, I'm just really getting into the second mission now, the second chapter of the okay. game, where you've joined up with a, another group. Yeah. Um, so you're saying about these characters, is like a, a squad-based system you're yes, saying, yeah, but can you swap in like to well, personalise your squad if you want you a can, style uh, of play? At the start of the second chapter, it gives you the option who you want to take with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, at the beginning, you're forced just with one guy, just kind of have to get the basics of the controls. Yeah. But once you have the, the other guys in your team, you issue commands like if you want them to charge forward, uh, hold back, maintain their position, um, shoot, uh, all sorts of commands. And it really yeah. encourages you to, to do that in the game. And it's very satisfying and very unique to have that amount of, control over your uh, squad yeah um, I really think it's a great game the storyline is it's the future there's some people who are called the hollow children which are uh, robots who think they're human okay. and they're slowly being discovered they're this big corporation who created the robots it's kind of like Terminator yeah uh, <laughs> and so you're, you're locked in some sort of war with these robots. So so really, uh, so far, at least on a story uh, level, there's nothing amazing going on. Yeah. At least the characters are quite interesting and well fleshed out, and the dialogue's enjoyable. But the, the, it's that pin-sharp gameplay, and it really, it's simple, but very enjoyable. And this game comes from uh, the same guy who's done the Yakuza games. Okay. In fact, if you look at the back catalogue of games the studio's produced, it, it's a quality uh, bunch. Uh, 
I forget the name of the uh, the game director, uh, but he's responsible for Monkey Ball, and he originally started off in Sega's AM2 department. Yeah. Um, working alongside Yu Suzuki, legendary Sega uh, games creator. Uh, he also did F-Zero GX as well. Yeah. Which is a great game. But the the, the, um, the Yakuza games have become the big... Drawer of his, yeah. Yeah, the big milestone in his uh, career. Uh, his name is... Uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi. Would you believe I've never played a Yakuza game? I've briefly played Yakuza 1. It's kind of like Shenmue. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got that same feeling uh, with it. Uh, if I just quickly look up his uh, back catalogue. Uh, he began on Virtua Racing, Daytona USA, Virtua Striker, Scud Racer, Spike Out, Planet Harriers, which is a, a Space Harrier game. Now, that that's his arcade career. Well, of course, with the release of the GameCube, Monkey Ball, yeah. F-Zero GX, Yakuza, and Binary Domain. So his actual console output's been quite minimal, no, apart from yeah. like a million Yakuza games. Yeah. Uh, but it's quality, uh, a quality catalogue, and I found that he also wrote for Edge for a while in a con called AV Out. That's kind of cool. Because his company was uh, Amusement Vision. Yeah. It did, did Monkey no, Ball okay. F-Zero GX. Uh, but yeah, I thoroughly I recommend... I did see someone write a scathing comment the other day and was just like, it's ironic that the best F-Zero game isn't made by Nintendo. Ooh. Yeah. That's taking a bit away from how good F-Zero X is. Taking a good way how F-Zero is. I love that game. Yeah. That's to say all the F-Zero games have been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though on, on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, but yep. Great game. I suggest if you see it for a tenner, it's well worth picking up. That's how much I got it for. Really? Uh, it isn't that recent as well, right? It's quite new. Well, you know, it's fairly old now, but it certainly stands up as a very polished game. Yeah. Very nice looking as well. Um, try it out. It's cool. Great. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's uh, what I've been playing instead of Grand Theft Auto. Is that your played for this week? <laughs> you like really? Is that all you've played? Yes. I've played more than you. Um, is but is that game published by Sega? It is. And I can we can have an interesting oh, segue because <laughs> I we can talk about what you buy later. But this just seems like a good point to any. Um, those of you who listen to the podcast quite regularly know I quite like a genre of games known as the Japanese role playing game, the JRPG, if you will. Um, and those of you who listen to the podcast will have heard my speculation and fear that Atlas was going up for sale and that it was going to be bought by a company. Front runners included Nintendo and Sony until recently it was published that Sega might be buying Atlas. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, these rumors are true. Sega is going to be bringing Atlas into its fold. So it will have another. JRPG company amongst its arsenal of developers and publishers and all of that jazz. I kind of have mixed feelings about this, really? if I'm Go being honest, in. Thomas. Um, Mainly because uh, they never publish any of the JRPGs outside of Japan. Um, Valkyrie Profile 3 has never been released outside of Japan. 
the last four uh, or five Shining games haven't been released outside of Japan. And a lot of others as well. It's just, yeah. So Sega are notorious for not publishing their JRPGs outside of Japan. Uh, hopefully, they're just going to let Atlas do what they do. But... I guess they have a say in what they can publish outside of Japan now and what they'll publish in the US and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of worrying, um, especially as a fan of uh, the Persona franchise, and like especially Shimagami Tensei, because like, until the PS2, like end of PS1 era, those games weren't published outside of Japan. Like a lot of the earlier Shimagami games, like, I've never played just because they're not officially translated. I think the first is now translated on the iPhone, which I may have to download. Mm. Uh, but yeah, a lot of them aren't officially available to people outside of Japan. And I'm kind of worried that the same fate may befall Atlas. You just have to start learning Japanese. Mm, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather, I like. My trip to Hong Kong taught me that if I bothered to learn Japanese, there is a plethora of JRPGs out there that I could play that are all ridiculously cheap. I'm literally talking £4 a game, and I could have a library which you would wonder at, Tom Parry. You'd look at it and go, wow, that looks like a fun game, and then you turn it over and go, oh, it's too big strategy, and throw it out the window. But before that, you'd look at it and you go, wow, that looks interesting. Yeah, I'm sure I would. You would. Nice artwork on the box. Yeah, exactly. Some anime. That's what I was trying to when I was trying to buy a game for Tom in Hong Kong. I was picking everything up. I was like, "Oh, is this JRPG or is it fire?" Oh, it's JRPG. Yeah. I was kind of like, "Oh, I needed this one." Threw it over my shoulder into the pile of the rest of the JRPGs behind me. <laughs> but on a plus side, it could go well because I mean, if Sega start publishing Atlas titles in the West, hopefully it'll mean we get things like the Shining series. Also, may mean that uh, someone will go, hey, Atlas, oh, we got these things kicking around. Uh, I don't know, Skies of Arcadia. Hey, we got Panzer Dragoon. Oh, do you want to work on a port of Panzer Dragoon Saga for the Xbox and the PlayStation 3? So That'd they, be nice. I think they've got a developer who's very competent, very capable of making great RPGs, which potentially could take over. The they are franchise. keeping the genre alive. Yeah. And I'm. that's just why I'm very, very worried that they will stop publishing their games in the West because Squaresoft, or Square Enix as they now are, doing bugger all. And it worries me a little bit. I'm kind of glad it's with Sega, though, because it would means that the Fire Emblem slash Shimagami Tensai game will probably still come out. Mm. And a lot of other stuff besides. But, you know, if worst comes to worst, there's always level five. Level five are doing some pretty competent RPG oh, stuff as well. Yeah, but they certainly are. Yeah, hmm. we'll see. In other news this week, considering we're touching on new subjects at the moment, uh, Wii Sports has gone HD with Wii Sports Club. Great. I'm quite excited about this. Uh, Nintendo are releasing the Wii Sports titles separately. Uh, onto the Wii U. Uh, these include bowling, tennis, baseball, boxing, and golf. So none of those really good Wii Sport Resort games. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. But it's the original uh, bunch. What, the ones that came free with every console? Cheers, Nintendo. 
Yeah. I'll just play them on my Wii. I'd pick up bowling and uh, and tennis, probably. I say this to you in the nicest possible way. The Wii, you can play Wii games. Yeah, but they have online play, Matthew. Oh, go away, Tom. Uh, and clubs. Go away. Nobody can chat during matches. Yeah, yeah because the Wii use online functionality is the, the core of this console. I'm quite excited about that anyway. Okay. You you be excited, okay. Tom. Um I'll move on from that. It's, just, it's not really floating Max boat. No. Fortunately we have some sad news. Um uh, you probably heard about this, but uh former Nintendo president uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi has um has passed away. Which is unfortunate. Um this is the guy who ushered in Nintendo's transition from toys to video games. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's tragic, but uh, the Mr. Yamuchi, uh, I think he he passed away from pneumonia. Yeah, he's oh, been wow. suffering with a, a battle with pneumonia. He's eighty-five years old. <sighs> That's a shame. Um, so it certainly, obviously, uh, worth a mention. <laughs> yeah. On the podcast, definitely such a prolific figure in the world of video games has passed away. He will be missed. He started an empire that is still around today, and I mean. Mm-hmm. When you consider the the other consoles and stuff that have fallen by the wayside, I mean, Atari, Commodore, all of these companies that, you know, were once rose to power around the same time as Nintendo and they fell by the wayside. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the man created a legacy that we still see the power of today. Thank you, Rochi Yamuchi. Indeed. Uh, You'll be missed. We'll move on. Uh... I'll get to my bought games before my laptop um, dies on battery. you. Go for it. Uh, I've had to open eBay to remember what I bought. Um, I've bought some PS1 games. Really? Recently, I've been playing PS1 games. Obviously, I mentioned last time podcast, Reboot and Atlantis and Pitball. But uh, I'm investigating some hidden gems on the console. Right. Uh, through a series of videos by a guy on YouTube called Metal Jesus, who's got some really really good videos i've uh, seen like some of his videos they are very good uh he's he's a really good presenter he's very passionate about games and he, he certainly knows what he's talking about uh so when he releases a list of hidden gems for the playstation i i take notice yeah um with fair point yeah. so I, I picked up a, a few that were on his list uh apocalypse a game developed by neversoft featuring uh, the likeness of bruce willis a notable right. time for being a game that wasn't based on a film franchise but featured the likeness of a famous Is actor. the front cover of it red or like an orangey hue? There is an orangey hue on the cover. Yes, yes. I remember this game. Apocalypse. Yeah, I haven't played it, but I remember seeing it in stores. It looked good from the video, and so I picked it up for the bargain price of uh, £3. That's all right. <laughs> Pretty good. That's including postage. Uh Another game mentioned was, uh, I like my racing games. He said probably the most fun he's had in a racing game on the PlayStation era, or, or maybe of all time, uh, was Hot Wheels Turbo Racing. Hot Wheels Turbo Racing? Is this in the same vein as Micro Machines, by any chance? No, nah, it's not a top-down one. Okay. It's the um, usual behind-the-car thing, but it, it looked fun. And I do enjoy racing games. And so I think it's one of those games you see on the shop floor and think, God, that's probably not any good. Yeah. And I've learned over my time that those games actually have turned out to be 
pretty decent. Quite enjoyable. I, I was buying a lot of cheap PS2 games back when I worked at Game. Yeah. A lot of the uh, Disney uh, licensed platformers and such. And the more you investigate, the more you see the development teams behind these games. And yeah. you get to recognize the quality. And you'll find that the same developers developed a lot of these Disney games. Uh, and they're, they're really rather good. So yeah. don't discount a game based on it's what it's based off, like Hot Wheels or, you know, uh, The Incredibles. Exactly. Or, uh, there might be something hidden there. That's that right. Um, so I'm hoping this will be fun. Uh, a game called Wild Nine, which looks uh, rather. Oh, I always want. Have I told you the By story Shiny, of Wild Nine? I wanted to buy that game so much when I was younger, and I saved up some money, mm-hmm. and I went to Woolworths with my dad, and I picked up Wild Nine. I took it to the counter, and my dad saw that the game was like. The ESPN rating was like 15 plus, and for some reason, he suddenly decided he was going to pay attention to these things ah. and wouldn't let me buy it. Do you know what I had to spend my money on instead? On. That I, I genuinely had no choice in. He was taken off me, put on the counter, my money put down. Rascal. Rascal. And how did that turn out for you? I fucking hate that game <laughs> with a blinding passion because it wasn't Wild Nine. And I remember reading in Play and other magazines that Wild Nine was a pretty damn good game. I didn't get to play it. An enjoyable action platformer. It, it is. Uh, you, they're the Wild Nine are actually brothers or uh, friends or something. We all have kind of like superpowers, right? From what I remember of the story, and it's about their their destiny to find one another or something. It sounded really cool. Yeah, I'm not to sure about the I'm story, younger. but the gameplay looked like a lot of fun uh, and had a lot of character. The story didn't seem too bad when I was well, you know, I was like nine, ten at the time, but the story seemed ace. Yeah. But like, I played Resident Evil Two, played all of these other games. Suddenly, Dad decided, "Oh, says fifteen on the back of that, you can't have that." And I uh, got Rascal. Uh, oh my God, I wanted a hurt people at Bullfrog for that game. Oh, dear. Oh, I'll, I'll steer clear of that one. Rascal's terrible. Don't buy it. It's awful. Okay. So, Insomniac made a game called Disruptor. Okay. Not you to that one, though. A first-person shooter that came out uh, in the early days of the PS1. Okay. Featuring some nice, hammy, live-action uh, acted scenes, right. which I love. So as <laughs> hammy as Resident Evil? <laughs> they look pretty hammy. Oh. Um, but it looked like a very old-style, early uh, console shooter in, in similar vein, something like Dark Forces. Oh, okay, yeah. I like the Dark Forces. I'm going to yeah. bring Dark Forces back, actually. Yeah, I, I got that. I do uh-huh. like the, the original quite a lot. Um, but Dark yeah. Forces or Shadows of the Empire? Is that which well, one quite, would you go they're, on? They're different. I know, but if you had to pick one. Uh, Shadows of the Empire... Has a lot of nostalgia value for me, actually. There was a lot of variety in that game. You could either play it, if I remember, first person or third person. You could. And you had the speeder bike level as well. And the space shooting levels were quite fun. Yeah. Um, and it felt very Star Warsy. Yeah, it does. Uh, I well, might be tempted to go for Shadows. But Dark Forces was a very good third person shooter. Because see, I, when I think Dark Forces, I also take into account the Jedi Knight trilogy that then yeah. followed it. Yeah. So I'm kind of more towards Dark Forces. Oh, as as a franchise. But that's because, well, actually because of um, 
Dark Forces, Dark Forces Jedi Knight, the Mara Jade spin-off, and then Dark Forces 2, because Dark Forces 3 Jedi Academy wasn't very good. No. Yeah. But, no, there you go. Oh, uh, Jedi Knight 3, sorry. There's the first one, uh, Dark Forces Jedi Knight, then there's a Mara Jade spin-off, then it's uh, Dark... Uh, Jedi yeah. Knight, Jedi Outcast. And then Jedi the Academy. One, and then Jedi Academy is ass. Jedi Outcast was alright, but I didn't like Jedi Academy. Oh, I really like Jedi Outcast. Yeah. That's probably my favourite. Kyle Katan. Cool character. Um, I picked up one more PlayStation 1 Kay. game called Swagman. I'm Swagman! <laughs> Which looked weird, so I bought it. Okay. I'll say no more. It was £4.45. Okay. Uh, came with that. A manual of the copies were like 25 30 quid. Yeah. So I don't really mind not having a manual for that price. Well, that's fair enough. Um, I also got Pang- Pangaea Fantasy Golf for the PSP. Right. Based on the fact uh, that I quite like golf games. My girlfriend quite likes golf games. And this looked like a nice, unique one for the PSP, which wasn't everybody's golf, which uh, everybody tends to uh, have. Even I have everybody's golf. I hate golf games. Uh, everybody's golf is rather good, but I thought this would at least be something a bit different. I bought my PSP pre-owned like a month or two after it came out with a load of games for a bargain price, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. But you're not a fan. I sat my draw ever since. I never played it. See, I had a Dynasty Warriors game, and I think Pro Evo or Sensible Soccer or something, whatever it was, oh. sat in a draw this and was played it. Another one of Metal Jesus' hidden gems yeah. on um, the PSP. Okay. And uh, it cost me £11, including Ooh. postage. It so was one of the more pricier ones. But uh, I thought, well, I haven't got a golf game for PSP. I'll go for it. Yeah. I'll if golf you, for it. You will golf for it. I'll give you everybody's golf if I have it. You're more Cheers. than welcome to it. I've, I I've did, got two golf games in my What PSP. was I going to give you? I said I'd give you something ah, else. Another game that you weren't bothered about. I can't remember now. Uh, I think we'll have to listen to the old podcast. Yeah, we'll find out. And let me know. Um, if anyone wants to let me know, <laughs> let us know on Twitter and I'll give it to Tom, what whatever it was. Me? Uh, Splashdown 2, Rides Gone Wild. Which is... A, is <laughs> I'm, listen- I'm looking at Tom with a very curiously raised uh, eyebrow. It's um, like um, Wave Race okay. or Hydro Thunder, similar water-based racing game, which apparently, right. according to Metal Jesus, is rather fun. It cost me £2.10. I can't complain, including postage. Uh, I'll let you know on a, on a forthcoming episode. PSP well, or PS1? Sorry, that's PS2. Okay. And I think there was one more game that I picked up. Uh, just bear with me a moment. Well, I'll just see. Mm. Was that it? Oh, that might have been it. No. What was this, trousers? Yeah, didn't cost me a lot. I'm gonna. But that's my bought for this week. Yeah, I have no boats this week, as I alluded to earlier, mm. purely because I'm going car booting like you wouldn't believe. So next time's podcast. Yeah, so next time's podcast. Hopefully, I should have some uh, retro gems. I'm I'm kind of broke this month, to be honest. Hong Kong kind of cleared me out, but hopefully, I should be able to dig up one or two nice little items. I look forward to uh, hearing all about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's some big news that I've neglected to mention. You heard about Mighty Number no. Nine? It's hit the. Uh, it's hit the, 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 the what do you call it? The quota for 
Oh, donations. I can't remember what the word is. Uh, yeah, but it's going to be on console. Yeah. That's um, pretty exciting news, isn't it? Which is why I backed it, because I haven't got a PC. <laughs> yes, it's going to be on consoles. Um, in all fairness, like, even if it hadn't reached that pledge goal, I think it would have been on consoles anyway. That yeah. game's caused an enormous amount it's of hype. It's the goal. That's the word we yeah. were looking for. Um, but yeah, this is Kenji Nafune's uh, spiritual successor to Mega Man. It looks just the concept art and like everything about it just screams like, this is a Mega Man game and it's got me very excited. Now, I don't actually know exactly what consoles it's going to appear on. I assume the next gen uh, formats and probably the current gen format. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I, it says Xbox, PlayStation and Wii U. Okay, so, so maybe not PS4 and Xbox One. I would imagine that is included in the Xbox PlayStation ah, thing. I, sure, they didn't sure. specify number. So oh, if only they put it on the Vita, that would be nice. Maybe they will. Well, uh, I'd imagine if it's on PS3 and PS4, it would be on the Vita. Yeah. That would be perfect. It would. Uh, so, yeah, if you end on that, good news. I think we should. Um, that's something for you guys to reflect upon. I believe that the Kickstarter is still operational because that's why I was able to pledge uh, mm. the, the 60 or $70 or whatever I pledged because it doesn't end until October. So you should really go along to the Kickstarter of my number nine if you haven't already and secure your copy today. Yeah, I can just check if that's uh, going there. If Matt is going to I'm pretty sure it is. I'm still getting emails and updates from Kickstarter, so... Um, yeah, and while I'm Thomas is looking at, I'll wrap it up. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. You should also tweet at us on the Twitters at TMACast. And then you can subscribe and rate us in iTunes. Please, please, please do this. I stress it every week, and not a lot of people do, but it really does help us a lot if you do. Let us know you're listening. Tweet at us, message us, tell friends, etc., etc. We like you. We want other people <laughs> to like us as well. So, yeah, come on board. Jump on this good ship TMA. Pledge a bit of your time. We don't ask for money. Exactly. We're not like in a fune. We're not going, oh, give us your money. We'll make you a yeah, game. He has a two and a half million dollars. Yeah, you know what he can buy for that? Some development kits for consoles, I guess. Yeah. Right. Uh, the goal was 900,000. It was, dollars. and it is over that. But yes, get in on the ground floor now. There's some really cool Kickstarter things. You can get some nice stuff uh, if you pledge, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to get a t-shirt yeah. and a physical box of the game, yeah, which is going to be spiffing, yeah. especially if it now is coming on physical consoles. I'm hoping they'll go, hey, do you want an Xbox box version? Maybe. I doubt it, but yeah, nah, it'd be nice. I think, yeah. Even if it just is a box with a download code in it, that'll be good enough for me. But yeah, do those things. YouTube will hopefully be coming soon. I kind of want to make a YouTube I'm channel. with you um, on that. We were Matt. talking about stuff. So I, we are going to look into maybe doing that very soon and having some videos. Also, I hope to post up, because I've been meaning to all week and I haven't had a chance to write it, the article that I was going to write about Hong Kong and gaming in Hong Kong and where you go if you go there to be geeky. And hopefully that'll be up soon. I'll post it on the Twitter and the Facebook. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. until then, I guess it's time... Just utter those immortal words, Matthew. I think so, Thomas. Game, Game on! on.